Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all still. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. One thing that Jeff Nowitzki said on the Joe Rogan Experience MMA podcast that really stuck out to me was related to what could have caused the failed drug test, the mini failed drug test that John Jones had for the M3 metabolite of Terenabol. That failed drug test that caused the entire fight card for UFC 232 to be moved from Vegas to LA in a week's time. Here's a quote. As for why there's little science that directly links the excretion of a banned substance to exertion, MMA fighters undergo weight cuts considered so extreme as to be unethical for scientific study. End quote. Unethical for scientific study. That's how extreme weight cutting is in MMA. It's so bad that it will be wrong for a scientist to replicate this in a lab they would deem that unethical if that is the case why do doctors on these commissions allow fighters to cut so much weight this is the 72nd episode of the main card and if you've listened to any of the episodes in the past and you've heard me talk about weight cutting when you think about it in a real life scenario it's crazy to lose that much weight and then compete at a high level in an athletic competition is crazy on top of that this athletic competition involves taking and giving physical punishment something's gotta give something's gotta give and I pray that they get this fixed before they're forced to fix it due to someone suffering an untimely demise it's happened in other organizations the UFC has been and Bellator and and most of the major organizations in the U.S. have been spared this kind of tragedy but God forbid it takes that to put a stop to this practice one thing that the UFC is working to 
slow down as much as they can is the use of performance enhancing drugs within the sport and they're working with USADA as we know and they re-upped the contract with USADA recently but they're working with them to do something else about it many 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 fighters have pop positive performance enhancers due to contaminated supplements so the UFC and USADA are putting their heads together to come up with their own line of supplements to give fighters to help them so that they're not testing positive now the UFC recently came out with trifecta which is a meal prep program where the fighters during fight week will have their meals prepared by trifecta they won't have to worry about that all they'll need to do is get them and eat them and keep on going but they got this meal prep program now they have supplements I'm just wondering how all of these components are going to impact the lawsuit that's been going on for years stating that the UFC is a monopoly when the UFC says oh no no we have independent contractors independent contractors that have to take your vitamins independent contractors that are giving your food to eat during fight week I, I just don't know how that's going to work for them now as far as a precedent being set the MLB does this and no one has pop positive for tainted supplements since they did it and Jeff Nowitzki said if someone were to have a positive test and they know that it was from the supplements that they provided then they wouldn't have any kind of penalty I mean that part sounds good but again I don't know if their thinking is long term enough regarding them being a monopoly and having independent contractors if these independent contractors have to consume so much of what the UFC has its name on and gives to them now something that the UFC gives and takes away at times of contracts and there has been a whole lot of Twitter beef going on in the welterweight division over the past day or so alright so it all started when the Nigerian nightmare that's right Niger stand up Kamaru Usman said that it was a done deal he signed to fight Tyron Woodley Tyron was like "Er, pump the brakes little homie I haven't signed to fight you I'm fighting Kobe then you you'll get it you'll get it this year but I need to fight Kobe first that's the order after that all kinds of stuff was said Uh, you can see it on Twitter for yourself but when all of this happened it made me think of something that happened mm, about two and a half years ago come take a trip down memory lane with me Habib Nurmagomedov had a contract to fight Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205 
that was the UFC's debut at Madison Square Garden. That's not who Eddie wound up fighting, nor was that the person that they wanted Eddie to fight. He was supposed to fight Conor McGregor. And Habib having that contract kind of put the feet fire to the feet of Conor and made him come to the table to do the deal for that historic event. Fast forward to 2019 and we have another fighter represented by the same person as Habib, Ali Abdulaziz, waving a signed contract saying, I I got a contract to fight the champ. I'm fighting you on March the 2nd. (laughs) Again, sounds familiar. Now, MMA Junkie had an article saying that behind the scenes, it's been a mess trying to get Kobe to fight. He signed a couple times to fight Tyron. There were times that Tyron couldn't fight, though. One was back in November, and then they said he had a contract to fight Nick Diaz, and he signed that, too. Signed to fight Tyron at the end of January, but Tyron couldn't fight because he hadn't been cleared to fight yet. Now it's time to fight again, but supposedly the UFC also offered him a contract to fight Usman on the ESPN Plus One card. That sounds so much like an invitation to a party, but hey, it very well may be a party for fight fans. Either way it goes, he had that contract. He was like, nah, I want to fight Tyron. And since then, allegedly, he hasn't heard a thing from the UFC. Even Ben Askren got into the beef uh, and started calling out Usman on all of the shenanigans and things that have been flying back and forth. Now, supposedly, there are negotiations going on in the background between the UFC and Kobe's camp. Hopefully, all this gets sorted out soon because it's starting to get a little ugly. All right, to close things out for headlines and hot takes, PFL CEO Peter Murray said the PFL, and I'm quoting, the PFL championship on New Year's Eve from Madison Square Garden was an exclamation point on our fantastic inaugural season of reimagining MMA with the first ever sports season format of individual fighters competing in a regular season playoffs and championship. Now, according to Murray, as well as the PFL brass, and I'm quoting again, that in that event where there were six champions crowned each receiving life changing purses of a million dollars that and I'm quoting PFL Brass and Murray over 5 million fans witnessed this around the globe via NBCSN Facebook Watch and other broadcast partners he went on to say despite the excitement of 2018 the PFL is just getting started and look for new announcements as we continue to innovate for MMA fans in 2019. I must say, I enjoyed the PFL Season 1 thoroughly. 
thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the championships were good. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this continues. I'm concerned on the money end. You know, but uh, we'll see how far things are able to go with the PFL. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one too. Time to go between the ropes and into the squared circle for the old one two. And to kick off the old one two, I want to talk about this Floyd Mayweather tension as a cower farce. I've seen the fight a couple times. Wasn't that long. And I'm really torn. To the naked eye, it does not look like it was a legitimate fight. I mean, granted, it was supposed to be an exhibition in the first place, but it doesn't even look like it was a true exhibition. It just didn't look real. I know that Floyd outweighed tension by a good 20, 30 pounds. We know that. Floyd didn't look like he did much training whatsoever for it. He was super thick by Floyd's standards. And Tension is a very diminutive man. He fights at 122 pounds. So, for Floyd to display, or I should say have a display of power like he did, it makes sense. If you're a skilled fighter and you know how to deliver strikes, hitting people in the right spots with the right timing like Floyd has you can have a major major impact what doesn't look like the strongest shot can have devastating effects but I'm sorry that fight just it just doesn't smell right doesn't smell right doesn't look right doesn't smell right you got tension ducking his head forward and then falling back and stumbling back until he finds the rope kind of falls down stands up falls down again to find the ropes to hold on to the ropes I mean it's an exhibition so there's nothing on the line if it was all a big drama show no harm no foul but it just it looked crazy it looked crazy what doesn't help is that Floyd did not want it shown in the US couldn't be a part of the pay-per-view package that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't help as far as dousing the flames of conspiracy was it a work only the persons involved will know for sure was it a farce absolutely whether it was real or real fake it was really a big mess now I was one of those people who said and you may have heard me say on this podcast 
that I thought Floyd may be doing this as a means of making himself actually look a little worse, a little more human, so that there would be more interest in a rematch between he and Pacquiao. Pacquiao is successful against Broner, but not from this. <laughs> yeah, th- this did not. Um, this did not diminish Floyd's uh, lore at all. If this was real, it bolstered his abilities because of how how utterly devastating his punches were for tension. Again, you got at least a 20, if not 30 plus pound difference between the two. So, your shot should be doing something. But yeah, I mean, it was a farce, and let's spend no more time on that. Talked about Pacquiao. Said Pacquiao is preparing for this fight with Broner. But while he's preparing to face the problem in a couple weeks, doesn't mean that he does not have his eye on the future. Yeah, this to say about Mikey Garcia. I think we have the same promoter, so it's possible. If you know anything about Pacquiao, he can be a man of few words. The punching politician from the Philippines wants to fight again either in May or July so that he can focus for the remainder of the year on the senatorial duties. Pac-Man also has his eyes on Garcia's opponent, Errol Spence Jr. To quote Pacquiao, he's fast, he can box, he's good. I think he'll bring a good fight against me. Those aren't options if he doesn't get past the Cincinnati bad boy though in Broner he's got to win that fight before he can look forward to the winner of Spence and Garcia or Mayweather I am so glad that some fights are being made and announced for 2019 I've been looking all over for them wasn't finding them. Oh, but we found some this week. Bubu Andraj and Artur Akavov are signed to fight on January 18th. This car also features Big Baby Miller, Amanda Serrano, Jorge Linares, Chris Algieri. I mean, you got some fights on this car, and this is the zone's first card of the year so they're coming in 2019 swinging ESPN Plus has a card on that day as well it's going to feature heavyweight Brian Jennings you also have Shakur Stevenson fighting on that card it is a great Friday night of fights leading up to the Pacquiao Broner pay-per-view on that Saturday another fight card that was announced this one under the banner of PBC and taking place across the pond. You got a fight that has been anticipated for quite some time. James DeGale taking on Chris Eubanks Jr. That's going to be on February 23rd. Oh man. I'm so glad that they start making some announcements for fights. Looking forward to sitting down and viewing them. We still got a couple weeks, fight fans. All right, 
let's step out of the square circle and on the other side I'll bring the official results hey yo what up it's Tori Deshaun aka Booby and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat what's up guys John here coming at you representing Tinseltown La La Land itself that's right it's LA Confidential bringing you the newest Laker podcast up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. fans thanks so much for rocking with me it's been 72 weeks and 72 episodes haven't missed a beat yet by the grace of god and if the lord says the same i'll be back at it again next week as i was sharing in the old one too we have to wait a little bit fight fans but soon we will feast again on mma and boxing cards until then, you can relive the week that was an MMA with Aftermath. This week, my MMA man Josh Musel and I discuss all the happenings of UFC 232 as well as the PFL Championship. In order to get our podcast first, you need to go to anchor.fm. That's where they get released first. A lot of people listen to our podcast via Apple Podcasts such as myself so make sure you subscribe and please leave a rating and review for us there if you're loving it give us five stars and tell us why salute to our sponsor Pocket Cast which you can use on your iPhone or on Android but know that we got you covered if you don't use those methods you can check us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sports fans, rejoice! My team, my voice. And until next time, it's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off. Yeah.